Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, it's time for a brand new 2024 mock draft. Now that the non-playoff team draft order has been solidified, we actually get to storyboard what these teams might do. So we're going to talk about all of those teams within the top 18. But of course, it's a full first round mock draft and a little bit of love to the Carolina Panthers and Cleveland Browns in the second round as well. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me as always is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys for the first time as the 2024 NFL Draft Order is halfway set, halfway set, eight, a little more than halfway set. All of the non-playoff teams are solidified. And if you can't tell with the excitement of me kind of fumbling the intro here, we're doing a mock draft where we know exactly where most of the teams will be picking. Connor, I'm so excited for this one, man. You and I... It's fun to do mocks during the season because the order changes. But when we get around December, kind of know what the team needs are going to be. And all we want to know is where's this team going to pick? It's no longer, well, if they're in the top five, well, if they're in the top 10, now we know, baby. Now it's all about setting up the strategies. You and I are going to give the good people a brand new mock draft, man. I am, I know I say this before, like every show, but I am super excited for this one. It's going to be a blast. No, me too. It's nice that we have it like an actual order that we can react to and not be like, well, if this happens next week, like, ah, it's all broken and crazy. And right. Exactly. So it selfishly makes our lives easier. Obviously those fan bases get really, really excited as well. So uh, for everybody listening, you could hear as the jet season ended, my voice retired. I was going to say, did you like shout with Jubilee that you don't have no. to cover this frustrating Jets team anymore this it's year? It's like when your body knows. It's like, oh, we woke up the next day. We're done for the year. <laughs> and so are we. So <laughs> I have a frog voice. We will power through this because I- I've been so excited to do a mock draft. It's been too long. We need to keep the lights on. We have the top 10 solidified. We have so much greatness for a mock draft today uh, that Listen, a little tea, a little water. I was getting. We'll I was get gonna say, are you, are you like a honey and tea kind of a yeah. guy? Is that is that the is that the? I don't enjoy you? tea. Like I don't. I don't like drink tea just to enjoy it. I drink it out of necessity. Yeah. But honey, fun fact about me, I have honey almost every day. Like I'm like a honey addict. Oh, is this like lifting? Like like do you do not like a little bit of a little bit of honey to spike the insulin? Sometimes in the morning because I'm not a big breakfast guy. When I wake up and go. Uh, I'll do a little Manuka honey, like a tablespoon. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that like it's good for my vocals. I love the taste. It's phenomenal. I'll put it in anything. So, yeah, I've, I've become a big honey guy. And this is uh, an excuse to just have like triple of what I normally have. Yeah, when my uh, when my voice is lost, I uh, slam down six Coors Lights, and uh, you know that's normally what it's that'll like. fix it. Hell yeah, brother! <laughs> All right, so okay, hey, before we get into this, really quick. Can you pull up the draft order? And I'm just curious, is there a team that's either inside the top 10, not inside the top 10 that kind of shocks you? Because for me, mm. when I look at this, you know, that we have the top 18 picks solidified with the non with the non-playoff teams. I thought for sure Las Vegas was going to end up being a top 10 team. And incredible job by Antonio yeah. Pierce to to obviously not have his team in that position. Um I know some Raiders fans are like damn are we gonna get a quarterback we'll see in the mock draft but that's one that really stood out to me as like holy cow i can't believe they're in the top 10 
which means I think they're going in a much better direction than we thought, certainly when McDaniels was fired. But I don't know. Anybody finish at some point where you're just like, wow, that's a that's that's way different than I thought it was going to end up. Well, him going five and four is I believe he went five and four is really impressive. Yes. Any way you slice it. I mean, he takes over. He beats the Giants and the Jets. They lose three in a row. They bounce back and win three of the last four of the season. I think for me, the one that's the like the eye jarring, like the jump scare, because we talked about them being playoff relevant literally until the end. And now they're picking eighth is Atlanta. It's like, yeah, it's and Atlanta is just always picking here. It feels like there's always no, 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 no. It doesn't feel like they do. Right. This this is the third year in a row. They are picking eighth. Right. This is the third year in a row that they're picking eighth. It's insane, number one. And the fact that, like, when you play to your final week of the season for something and then you're picking eighth, it feels so bizarre to talk about. So that's the one that I, I'm – the Chargers had a lot go wrong for them this year, and they also Chargers, just – Chargers right, is that's the, the one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. we're going to – obviously, we'll get into that when we get to pick five, and we'll jump into it in a second. But uh, that's a huge one because there's a massive debate. What kind of a player do you go with? I think – Fans seem to think there's a wrong answer, but I get we'll, mm. one pack that when we get to number five, you, you bring it up Atlanta, though. Can we just, you know, play taps, you know, give our RIP in peace to Arthur Smith, who has helped create so much content for this show. We've had like three or four <laughs> show opens alone that have been Arthur Smith relevant. I'll and, miss him. Uh, and, you yeah. know, yeah, right, right. You know, gone, gone too soon. OK, maybe not. Maybe not. Falcons fans would probably tell us that that's not the case. All right, let's jump into it. We're pulling up the op- updated, fresh, brand new PFF mock draft simulator with the updated draft order. You guys can do this, of course, over at PFF.com. We're doing a first round mock. And we'll give shout outs to obviously the Carolina Panthers and Cleveland Browns, but um, we won't select two rounds just because we don't want the computer to go all the way to that point. First round. Here we go. Let's get into it. We're not. Doing trades in this one, at least I don't think. You could throw a, a Tim Wakefield knuckleball at me if you want to, but I did not think that we were doing trades Rest in this in peace, one. Rest in peace, man. What a with, legend, uh, Tim Wakefield. Truly. truly. Uh, I didn't think that we were doing any trades in this one, but... No. Okay. A little, okay. Too, a little too early for my liking. We're going to dig into a lot of the Chicago scenarios and really a lot of the other teams that are in the top 10, but for this one, we'll keep it with the order that's set. We can't sit here and say, hey, we were excited to finally get the actual order and then mess up the actual order. <laughs> I feel like that wouldn't be very genuine of us. But you want to pick odds or do you want to pick even? Sure. Okay. So you're so you're going one. Oh, that means I, I'm, I'm the Jets. Okay, I'll take evens. I that won't put that, I won't put that evil on you. That means you also get the Bucks. No, no, oh. no. People, people, people want to hear. People want to hear your Jets take. Yeah, but so they want to hear you on the Bucks. So I'll at least phone a friend. That's fine. That's fine. We can who wants to be a millionaire. So that means I'm going number one then if you're picking the evens. Yep. So Chicago's on the clock. Look, I've said this before on this podcast. I'll say it again. Justin Fields it feels like he's playing his best ball in his career. He really does. I think that's there's no way around it, right? I still don't really know how you pick him at this point. You have the opportunity to like, even if you are scared of Caleb Williams, even for the people out there who are like, why would we get rid of Justin Fields just to get this crazy, like high variance project dude, like Caleb Williams. Okay. If you think Drake may gives you a safer floor, then pick Drake may. Yeah. These two guys at the top, Drake may Caleb Williams 
have franchise caliber type traits. And there's, of course, a lot of things that go into achieving that. But they give you that ceiling and you reset the quarterback contract window. That part is even more important. Obviously, you got to hit, like hitting on it is important. But even Fields right now, he's playing well. Is it a guarantee that, hey, new offensive coordinator, he's going to take that next leap? If it was, maybe this is a different conversation. But just like there's not a guarantee with Caleb Williams and Drake May, it's not a guarantee that next year for Justin Fields will be even better than what we saw in the second half of this season. So if you're going to take the risk no matter what, to me, you take the risk with a quarterback with a franchise caliber ceiling that resets that rookie contract. It's the most valuable thing in all of sports when you have a player of that caliber and that talent who you could have on a fixed wage scale for the next five years with that fifth-year option. So all that to say, I am taking Caleb Williams. I'm keeping it chalk. I thought you were going to be like, so to say that, I'm taking Marvin Harrison. No, no, I'm keeping it chalk here. I am taking Caleb Williams, uh, and I'm taking him off the board, which kind of pains me a little bit because he's a D.C. area native, and I do love the idea of him going to Washington at number two. But I got to stick with with my rankings as they stand right now before we get into those uh, those final regular season film rankings when we'll get to quarterbacks here in a couple of weeks. So Caleb Williams, number one, to the Chicago Bears. I don't think you're crazy. I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation leading up, and, and we'll see ultimately how that plays out. But this is what we think will happen, not what we're necessarily exactly doing to a T with a little bit of both. And I think that's the most realistic angle right now. So Washington at two, it's easy for me. I'm taking Drake May. Obviously, Commanders fans probably thrilled at how this plays out for them. Yeah. They lose enough games to pick number two in a big-time quarterback draft. You know, Terry McLaurin, I believe, is fourth straight 1,000-yard season. Now you have a passer coming in. I I mean, that can take this offense to the level it's always hoped to go. And and the hiring power of this draft pick, as Trevor and I have talked about on this show, is something that people should not overlook. They are yes. going to have a new GM. They're going to have a new coaching staff. They have new ownership. And if you didn't listen to Fix the Commanders and you're interested in that, go check that out. We go, we expand on it there, but it's the value of this pick goes beyond the player they can get. It's it starts now with how valuable it is. And I agree. And and the commanders are already busy, you know, getting all sorts of interview requests out and things like that. Um yeah. earlier this morning, which is Monday morning, the Ian Rappaport and a bunch of other guys tweeted this out. Commanders are hiring one of the best in the business, a two-time NBA executive of the year bob myers to the nfl with them to help run their franchise and also to obviously help in their coaching search as well because they ended up moving on from ron rivera so it seems to be a huge brain trust that washington has to try to find that next head coach but there's no question about it number one on the order of op- oh, the 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 agenda the order of operations whatever you want to say is what would you do here this offseason? How would you want to build the team, and what could you do with that number two overall pick? So um, with that being said, let's lock in Drake May, number two to the Washington Commanders. Patriots at three. This is where the draft starts, right? Yeah, it really is where the draft starts, because I'm torn, right? Bill Belichick's still the head coach of this team. If Belichick's the head coach of this team, I think they pick Marvin Harrison Jr. Me too. Now, if... I don't know who else would come in from a different hedge coach perspective, because if you're moving on from bill, that means you're probably just turning, trying to turn the page in a lot of different ways. That means that they would probably go with Jaden Daniels. 
I don't think Michael Penix. I think it's number three overall. Jaden Daniels like, is. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much the conversation is how good is Marvin Harrison Jr. in your mind versus Jaden? I mean, I, for me, it's Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's easy for me to sit here and say that. Like somebody coming in fresh might sit there and go, we don't know how many times we're going to be up there. Right. Right. With a quarterback option. And then you go, okay, well, what are your quarterback options then? Because they truly can't go into next season with either Bailey Zappi or Mac Jones. So, like, are you making a play for Kirk? You I mean, me so You making tricky. a play for Fields? If you kept Belichick, which it doesn't, nobody thinks they're doing. Literally nobody around there. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't making a massive play for Kirk Cousins and drafting Marvin Harrison seem like the biggest no-brainer of all time? But with a new staff and new everything. I, I don't expect that at all. I'm torn here. You gave me the tough one. I did. I'm a coward. I went with Jaden Daniels in my mock draft that I did for PFF on PFF.com. I kind of want to see how it plays out. If Harrison goes three and take the best player. All right. All right. We're going to do it. We're gonna we're gonna find out how this draft goes if it's not quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Right, because that's like the hot thing right now. Yeah, which makes again makes yeah, yeah, sense. And, it, and it's good that you wrote this so people can go see the other version. Of yeah, because that's look, that's what mock drafts are all about, people. You Clicks. know, we're doing a mock draft. Yeah, the I'm second, just yeah, yeah, I'm correct, just kidding. I'm just correct. Kidding. <laughs> Feeding my family. Fe- yeah, no, feeding my barbecue addiction. Essentially, I'm all right. Feeding I'm making me. I'm making make an executive decision. I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. because I want to see how this plays out as we we ping pong this draft. So we're going Marvin Harrison Jr. He's staying in the top three. He's going number three to the New England Patriots, which puts you on the clock now at number four with the, with the Cardinals. Who, by the way, Matt Prater lining up for that game winning field goal at the very end of the game misses that bad boy and saves them from the Chargers picking one spot in front of them. And if the Chargers were picking one spot in front of them, if the Chargers were picking four and the Cardinals were picking five, which would have happened if Prater made that field goal, they had they would have zero, 0.00% chance of getting Marvin Harrison Jr. because he would have gone to the Chargers. But now the dream lives on. Not in this mock, but it does live on. You're up at number four. So obviously I would have taken Marv. And this is a no trades mock. So num- plan number two would be that they can get out of this pick, right? Somebody comes up, they're jumping the Giants at six and thinking, and the Falcons at eight and saying, okay, we're going to come up and we're going to get our guy, Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels, Michael Penix, whoever it may be. But we're not doing trades in this mock draft. So Cardinals fans, just be a little patient here that we're two of the realistic scenarios are just off the table in this unique situation. I'm going to go Joe Alt in this spot, get a guy that's played left tackle for three years. And now you got bookends at tackle. Kyler right. Murray's coming back. You can run the hell out of the ball with James Conner. Make sure he's back in the fold. You feel really good about this offensive line in a division that. Like you're gonna have to run the ball. You're gonna have to run the ball and you have to protect your quarterback. I know that's you could say that in every division, but in this division, you really I think you really want to be able to run the ball to stay in a game with the Niners, with the Rams against Seattle, who's vulnerable sometimes against the run. So I, I think I think all we we have talked glowingly about all on our tackle show. 
Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear more about the player for about, you know, five, 10 minutes, how special he is that you can get more there. I, I think this is. He's worth the top five pick. He's a need. He's a good fit. Like this is a, this is no consolation for people that are that might seem disappointed in this spot. No, no, I don't think so at all. And I, I think you'll have the opportunity, certainly even later in this draft, to go get another playmaker on the offensive side of things. Yes. Uh, in like the skill player section, if you would want to do that. So Joel going number four to the Cardinals, that makes it very easy for me. Chargers up at number five. You know, I, I yeah, Olu Fuchano, I think, could be in this conversation as well if you wanted to put Olu at right tackle to give you, again, that bookend tackle scenario where it's Rayshon Slater on one side, Olu Fuchano on the other that's certainly within the realm of possibility, but I do lean Malik neighbors for this team. So what was the combo you before the mock draft? You said something about the chargers and there might be like disagreements about what to do with this pick and a couple of things. Yeah. So it's funny because when we did our fix the chargers episode, what was it now? Almost a month ago, maybe yeah. a month ago. Um, we did a mini mock draft and we gave them Joe all. And I can't remember who the other picks were, but we gave them Joe Wall at the, at the top of the draft, wherever they were picking it. It must've been somewhere around I don't know, seven, eight, nine. Whatever. It was, they were picking. Yeah, it was later. And fans absolutely loved it. Now, I don't know how different it would have been had Marvin Harrison Jr. And Malik neighbors been on the board at the same time, because I don't know. I cannot remember if they were now you're in a situation where this team's picking in the top five, they're picking number five. It's a realistic possibility that they could have a shot at Marvin Harrison Jr. or Malik Neighbors. And in fact, Neighbors is sitting on the board here at number five. And as the Chargers have gotten higher and higher in the draft order, Chargers fans I've seen on social media have been clamoring, demanding even Malik Neighbors in this spot when he's there. Because Marv normally isn't. But it's Malik Neighbors or Joe Alder or Olu Fashano. And we throw out this tackle scenario. You know, you're building the offensive line. you got two fantastic young offensive tackles. And they're all like, no, we have no playmakers right now. We have nobody. It's basically like old Keenan Allen. And the second that Keenan Allen really starts to dip, what is this team on offense? And I agree. Not that you can't get wide receiver later because you could, but... Man, when a guy like Malik Neighbors is staring you in the face, it's hard to say no to that, uh, given that Justin Herbert and him could uh, make beautiful music together, if you will. So look, this is the new manifestation of the Jamar Chase versus Penny Sewell meme <laughs> that happened back in 2020, the 2021 draft. Here, I'm going to go with the wide receiver, and I'm going to go with Malik Neighbors. I love you saying the new manifestation. It is. It is. You're, you're right. You're just updating the meme. You're updating the meme. That's what we're doing. Man. Because that's the conversation that's going to happen with the Chargers until April. I guarantee it. Well, and let's not rule out. I, I have a bad habit of doing this, especially talking so much about the Jets, where it's just tackle, 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 tackle. Like, there is depth in this class that if you love a player – like Malik Neighbors, who I know you and I just we just love him. Like mm-hmm. we we've been so high on him since the summer. Then you just get creative. How to assess a need later on, and not saying wide receiver is not a need. It's just that it's a need, and you love the player. Where the tackle situation, you might like the player, but you feel like you can address it at another time. And so. I and you know we. We've talked on this show plenty about how there just aren't a lot of 
starting caliber offensive tackles in this league that aren't picked within, let's yeah. say, the top 64, within the first two picks of the draft. And obviously, the higher you are, the better chance you have on one of these guys hitting. So there's no doubt about it that that is true. But wide receiver, as we have seen in today's NFL, is also a premium position now. When you get one of these guys that can make all the difference in the world, they change offenses. And I really do believe that Malik Neighbors can change an offense. I think that Neighbors is wide receiver one in most other draft classes. And, and people need to remember that when they talk about him versus Marvin Harrison Jr. or versus the top offensive tackle in this class. It is a legit debate. And for me, I'm going with Neighbors here. I like it. I think I think it's a lot of fun, honestly. And, you know, if you're thinking, hey, they took Quentin Johnson last year. Well, it's a new GM. So they can do whatever the hell he right. wants. He yeah, is, he's completely. not tied to any previous yeah. mistakes. And Quinn Johnson's season this year does not do him any favors to oh, say, man. yeah, 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 be yeah. tied to me as the first-round pick wide receiver that you took recently. Six overall, the Giants. This is probably the pick of the draft so far that you can go the most directions, I would say. So I guess I'll lay out some of them quickly. If you're the Giants... You could, in theory, take Olu Fashanu, right? And move Evan Neal inside and move Olu to right tackle. I, I don't like this plan, and I am not optimistic of this being of this happening because I think Joe Shane, who drafted Evan Neal, still believes in Evan Neal as a tackle. And it feels like a lot of moving parts and ignoring a lot of other needs. Now, it stinks that Malik Neighbors just went because I think that's very realistic. This is a team that needs a difference-making wide receiver. They have good wide receivers. I think Wandale did some good things this year. I think that they're going to get more out of Hyatt, but they need a difference-making wide receiver. Yeah, Rome, like Wandale's a two, Hyatt's a three. I think he's a three. Exactly. Or like flip best, him, right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So... Roma Dunze is in play here. This is a little rich for me with Rome, but he's in play here. And I know a lot of people would like that pick. Ultimately, the pick I'm going to make, which is the other scenario in all of this, is Jaden Daniels. Oh, I, I did you think you I was getting there? You hadn't mentioned him yet. So I was going to let you go off and see if you were even thinking of him. Like if you were going, oh, it's either between Roma Dunze or uh, Olu Fashanu. I th I was wondering if you were just going to go back and forth and you weren't even going to bring up Daniels, but you know, my, my you voice came back just for this pick. Like it's been every pick's been a struggle and this one. I feel fine. So it's New York, baby. I you just, I, you just said the word New York and, and you're, we're you're, back you're, big, you're, big blue you're on the clock. It's it's go time. So this is the scenario now for the Giants. Tommy DeVito is not the future. I, duh. Daniel Jones. Yes, he's owed 40 million next year, but I think everybody in that organization realizes. I don't know if you call it a mistake, whatever you want to call it. It's you're not going to let it compound into more mistakes. The Giants typically with Brian Dable, although as we sit here on a day that Wink Martindale has resigned, which is, in my opinion, very bad news for the Giants organization. The Giants, in theory, should not be this bad again next year. They shouldn't. They had awful injury luck this year. Mm -hmm. We've seen Dable coach them two overachievers before 
when they won a playoff game a year ago, like that team overachieved. This team this year underachieved, but also had all the bad luck come back into them. So it's probably quarterback time now, because I don't know if you can keep, if you're this regime that's done some good things and also had some bumps in the road, I don't think you can mess around. And I, I like Penix better than Jaden Daniels. I've been vocal about that. I'm trying to predict more closely what the what will happen with the draft. There's an element to drafting Jaden Daniels with Brian Dable that is really exciting to me because of his mobility and because of the concepts Dable was able to do with Josh Allen that threatened the edges of the defense and threw the ball vertically that I think you can, I don't ever want to say the word replicate when talking about Josh Allen and a quarterback that hasn't played a snap in the NFL, mm. but at least form a, formulate a blueprint that has a real shot for the Giants, which leads to J- Jaden Daniels being the pick here. I mean, J- Daniel's season was undeniably great, right? Yes. I, I think that he has certainly played him his way into a first round pick. You can't play that well. You can't improve that steadily year to year. You can't have that kind of upward trajectory success and not be a first round pick. It'd be astounding to me if that wasn't the case. I know, I get it. He's skinny and he's not perfect, certainly, but so many first round quarterbacks have been picked for less, you know? And it, and it makes me believe that Daniel's going to be a first rounder. It's just a matter of where. Like, does it end up being mid first round? Does it end up being top 10? Does it end up being top three? Like, what does it end up being with Jaden Daniels? I think we'll get a lot better answers as we kind of go on with this process. But um, hey, Giants fans are going to like that one. We'd certainly like to hear from them here in the comment section. Tennessee Titans at number seven. A lot of whirlwind rumors about Mike Vrabel, whether or not he's going to be the head coach of this team moving forward. Yeah, the winds are blowing. You know... It feels like he's not right, which is nuts that you <laughs> alienated one of the best coaches in the NFL to the point where he feels like he wants out. That's tough. Um, you're about to lose Derrick Henry as well. You know, Derrick Henry gave a an emotional farewell after that game to Titans fans. And so I assume that there's no way that he's coming back. So it's going to be a new era if certainly both of those guys and that identity are going to be gone. It's going to be Will Levis and whoever's going to take over at head coach. Um, whoever it is, the, the offensive line's got to get a lot better. And I think Rand Carthen, the general manager that knows that as well, took Peter Skaronsky in the first round last year. And it's it's certainly a thing where, hey, it's not just one pick. It's not just one guy in the offensive line. It's five. It's all five. So I, I'm going to go with Ola Fashano here. Uh, I, I think that this just, to me, makes – the most sense for what yeah. Tennessee really needs. They're clearly uh, a, well, you know, with Vrabel, I think they're a lot more competitive and they can, they can win some football games, but it, certainly if you are moving on from Vrabel, you're pretty much hitting the reset button on everything. You're just trying to build around Will Levis. And, and to me that, uh, that starts the offensive tackle. So we're going Olu here at seven Falcons at eight. So I really want the Falcons to trade for Justin Fields in this scenario. Because we, you had the Bears take Caleb Williams. That means Fields needs to go somewhere. The Falcons make so much sense for me. It's not going to be for the eighth overall pick. It's not what I'm saying. I'll but let you do it. I'll let you do I, it. I bet your ass you would. You want to so, do it in this in, in this scenario? Let's say let's say it. Let's say that, that they tra- let's say that they trade for Justin Fields. 
Oh, I thought you meant the eighth overall pick. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. No, I'm giving you the freedom. Like, I don't want to change the current draft order because we're obviously having a fun time with the draft order as it is finalized. But I think you can absolutely create a scenario here in this mock draft where Atlanta trades. Fields has to go somewhere. Some sort of day two capital for Justin Fields. Awesome. So, thank you. And... Yeah, I mean, you yeah, with Caleb going one of the Bears, Fields has to go somewhere. Let's let's say it's Atlanta, and Atlanta doesn't need to trade this pick to get him. Okay, then I like the idea of Atlanta drafting probably Dallas Turner. Right now, okay, I, we've talked about we did the age rankings. Obviously, we really like Latu, really like Verse. Mm-hmm. Latu is there's going to be a lot of questions with the medicals. Uh, if he can go in the top 10 versus such a uh, Turner is such a freak athletically that it would be a really interesting dynamic for Atlanta to add to that front. And I I think it would be really exciting and uh, unbelievably enough. This is the first defensive player we have come off the board all the way. Okay. Very reminiscent of 2021 with Micah Parsons. (laughs) I think Um, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of teams that are going to be focusing on offense this year. Right. A lot. And I think Atlanta, who has done that for so long and can go solve their quarterback, whether it's on the pro market or whether it's on the pro trade market, that leaves the door open for them to capitalize. So Dallas Turner would be the selection here. Okay. All right. So you're trading. You don't think that's crazy, right? I mean, he's going to test off the charts, taking Turner at eight. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. D- no, Dallas Turner's awesome. This is this is like where his range starts, if you ask me. That's what I thought. I figured yeah. eight to like 14, kind of. Eight to, yeah, I mean, 14, honestly. And like, if you want to take it even further, like, I guess you can go. 17. Maybe to 17, but yeah, yeah you Jacksonville took Trayvon, so I don't know, unless they lose Josh Allen, I don't know if they're going to do it because it might make them like look weak from that he number has, one He overall. had such a good season. Josh Allen. You do. I know so <laughs> they're going like, to they're gonna have to pay up. They're going to have to pay up to, in order to keep him. But anyways, yeah. So in this scenario, Dallas Turner, don't think it's unrealistic at all. First defender off the board, first edge rusher off the board. And you have the Falcons trading for Justin Fields. That's yeah, beautiful. I like it. <laughs> Especially because the Falcons have an extra pick this year, whether it is a third rounder or a second rounder, depending on if Calvin Ridley signs an extension with Jacksonville. Great call out. So if, if 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 Calvin Ridley signs with Jacksonville, they get a second round pick, and then they've got two second round picks to, to e- I think easily get a deal done for Fields. And if it's a third round pick, okay, third, you know, probably something else. Maybe it's a second or something else. I don't really know what the Fields market uh, is. If you guys feel like you have a good strong feeling on, on what Fields' trade price is going to be, I think it's just going to be based around one day two pick in this year's draft, and then like maybe something else depending on where that selection ends up being. But here we go. Justin Fields and Dallas or and uh, and Dallas Turner to the Atlanta Falcons. Nine, uh, Chicago Bears, fresh off that Justin Fields trade, had them taking Caleb Williams at number one. Um, I like I like the way that Braxton Jones is playing at left tackle. I really do. Um, obviously, you you draft Arnold right last year to play right tackle. I still liked Heaven Jenkins as a player. You know they could go another interior offensive line position, but you're not doing that at nine. And they have money, right? If they want to sign an interior right. guy. And, and they've got some money. You know, if you lose Jalen Johnson, you know, are you thinking about cornerback here? Okay, maybe. But I just think Romo Dunze is just way mm. too tempting, man. And him, he, he fits. 
with DJ Moore, right? Him, yeah. DJ Moore, and uh, and Caleb Williams. Like it's sick. It's every it's every Madden player's dream, essentially. That's what you're doing franchise drafts for. So I'm going Roma Dunze here at number nine. So that puts me on the clock at ten for the Jets. A very easy selection. Although I will make it a little bit more interesting. Interesting to discuss that. I don't think Brock Bowers is completely out of play here. When you look oh, at oh really I don't now as we sit here today it's very easy to say and this pick will be Talisa Fuaga because Robert Sala said today in his his ending season press conference that they need to find one position for AVT they think him playing right guard right tackle left guard left tackle has contributed to him getting hurt and it's it's a lot on a young player I don't know if I fully agree with that but I think. I would like to find him one position. Yes, I I agree with that part. So as we sit here today and we if we ran this simulator 100 times, Trevor, we would get to this scenario probably with Fuaga here. 90 of them. A lot. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah. And you take Fuaga. He's a right tackle. He is going to play right tackle. You're going to tell AVT, assuming you couldn't go out in free agency and get a left tackle, which is nearly impossible. You're going to be our left tackle. And then you could kind of figure out the rest from there. It's ABT. Is Becton up? Like, is he gone? Becton's up. Yeah, he's a free agent. Okay, so he's going to be gone. I would think it's close to gone. Yeah. He's unfortunately been one of the worst tackles in football this year. So, yeah, it's that's you never want that. That's you don't want that. Yeah, it's not a good tag. (laughs) So, and he's really struggled in pass pro. So, if you sit here today, it's okay, ABT. Maybe Lakin, who has struggled, but he's a starter. Tipman at center. You'll find a solution at right guard. And then Fuaga. Like, it's that's better. It's not great, but it's better. Definitely way Mm -hmm. better than what they've been trotting out there. The reason I say don't rule out Bowers, is there some scenario that the Jets got creative in free agency and they were able to find a tackle or sign two guards and ABT is going to play right tackle and they like somebody else it's it's all a long shot but i just want to put that out there that like is there's not a it's not a you know there's a non-zero chance here so hmm. yeah but Fuaga's the pick aaron Rodgers gets the team to sign david bakhtiari and they get him for nothing because he didn't play for the packers and then he comes right. back and somehow you know fully healthy fully healed he's all good <laughs> and he plays left tackle hell of a scenario right <laughs> yeah you know yeah Dude, it's the NFL. It's the greatest reality show on earth. I uh, I wouldn't rule it out. Okay, so Talise Fuaga, no, going number 10 to the New York Jets. Before we get to number 11, got to talk about securing your fi- family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Okay, Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. It was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 years minutes they've got flexible policies that'll fit your family's budget with quality policies like million dollar coverage for less than a dollar a day you can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it is convenient for you all online and to your schedule you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required join the thousands of parents today who trust fabric to protect their family and apply today in just minutes at mefabric.com stock exchange meetfabric.com that's m-e-e-t fabric.com slash stock exchange if you go to m-e-a-t.com 
or meatfabric.com backslash stock exchange. It'll just redirect you to this YouTube channel. I know it won't. I'm just kidding, but it needs to. Policies are issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company. Not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. 11, Minnesota Vikings. I wasn't sure where the Vikings were going to end up, to be honest with you. They've been all over the place. They've been they were, team, they've been isn't it funny it's in the middle? Remember like when they started horrifically, we're yeah. like, damn, they should lose out for Drake May. Yes. Then they had a Lynn Sanity run. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, they're going to make the playoffs. And Kevin O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell is going to be coach of the year. And now it's 11, right in the middle. Um, Man. You know, I've been on the quarterback train for them for, for a while. I think they need interior offensive line help. <sighs> Defense, they could certainly add some good defensive players. Interior on the edges. D- DBs, maybe, but I just I, I feel like they've got a lot invested in those young DBs already. And, and Adolfo Mensa, I feel like, is, is who you know, brought a lot of those guys in. So I think they're letting it play out. They're not going to take linebacker this early. It brings me back to quarterback. And for quarterback, I get to a scenario where – it's basically just Bo Nix or Michael Penix. Yep. And although, do you think by the time we get to the draft, McCarthy is going to be a thing up here? How many times have we seen this before? Yeah, I mean, I think I think JJ McCarthy is like already a thing. But I, I, I mean, I'm not doing that in this spot, but I'm right. just saying, like, I, I, we, I could th- see our March mock drafts being like, well, somebody's going to take McCarthy top twenty, so we got to do it. Look, I, I think there's a. Do I say above 50%? I think there's above 50% that J.J. McCarthy is a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I would think, agree. I yeah. don't think he's declaring if he's not. I, I think that regardless of what happens in the national championship tonight, which we're recording right before the national championship, um, obviously McCarthy could go absolutely nuclear. And it, doesn't ma- it doesn't matter. I mean, what it do does mean? matter. It does matter for the draft. I'm saying, though, like, I won't fully change my opinion if he has oh, a big sure, championship. Oh, sure, sure. But I'm saying, yeah, the yeah. NFL certainly will. Yes, yes, wins, yes, yes. If he wins a national championship and he's got, like, four or five big-time throws and he sends right. our ball off into the NFL sunset, like, we're not going to hear the end of it. Right. Like, it, yeah. it'll, basically, it'll basically be as, as if every game he played before then did not matter. So McCarthy is the ultimate wild card in every single mock draft that you're going to see uh, for the next couple of months. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Look, I, I've got Michael Penix now over Bo Nix. I put him slightly over Bo Nix in the rankings. However, I really like the dual threat ability of Nix getting to work with Kevin O'Connell. I think he's just such a creative offensive coordinator. There's so much stress that he likes to put on a defense in the subtle ways. And the RPO ability, the rollout ability, the play action ability that Nix has I feel like that is the perfect type of player. Like I think Jaden Daniels would be perfect for this team as well, but with Daniels not on the board, I'm actually going with Knicks. I'm going to go with Knicks here for the Vikings at number 11 because I think that that's I think they're going to be looking at quarterback and I think Knicks is going to be their guy. Okay, cool. So, no, I mean, listen, I I totally get what you're saying. I think that we have honed in on what makes sense here, quarterback all the way, especially if Kirk Cousins is not back. They got and it's this is going to be the conversation, right? Especially after the senior bowl. Like, if you think it's big now, after the senior bowl, you'll hear a lot more buzz, I think, about all of these guys. It's not just it's just not just a three man race at the top of quarterback. It, the first round is going to be scattered with quarterbacks. And you take Knicks at 11 and it and you said it was between him and Penix. Then I take Penix at 12. 
it's falling in your lap here. For right. Long. It's yeah. and it's a good fit with with uh, Sean Payton. I think everything Penix excels at fits Sean Payton. He's a good processor. He has a really low sack rate. He gets the ball out. He could challenge all three levels of the field. And Denver, we know how it all ended with Russ this year. So when we do this exercise, it kind of blows your mind that it's like, damn, five quarterbacks in the top 12, and it's not crazy at all. Until we get some answers here, right? Until free agency happens, some trades happen, we see some other plans right. for these quarterback needy teams. It, it, we're kind of like hamstrung at this point. We had five quarterbacks go in the top 12, and you didn't even have one go to Atlanta. That's what's crazy. And Atlanta's going to be one of the most desperate teams in the NFL to change your quarterback situation. So, right. So the, the and, domino and, is... And, and we didn't even have one go to the Patriots. We had that's, five that's, in the top 12, and we didn't have one go to the Patriots or the Falcons. That's the most important point, is that some of these teams will just not do it in the first round like last year. We saw plenty of teams just opt not to, but so many will. And... You know, when you go back to the conversation, if the Bears take Caleb Williams, well, then somebody has to have Justin Fields. Right. So that'll take a team out of it, whether that's the Raiders, whether that's the Falcons, whoever it may be. And yeah, now you're on the clock with the Raiders at 13, who also need a quarterback. No, I'd say no, Connell Slander. I won't stand for it. The mustache man. Well, I just I, I won't I won't stand for it. I'll this quit one, the pod right now. Man, I will quit yeah. the pod. <laughs> I'm out. You can do it solo. This one to me comes down to two positions, right? I think outside of quarterback, which again, Aiden O'Connell slander won't happen here. Interior defensive line and corner. Those are the two positions that I go to, especially for where we are currently in the draft with the Raiders. You've got some really good ones here. I don't want to spoil the cornerback ranking episode whenever we do it, but Cooper DeGene and, and Nate Wiggins are studs people. Like I'm get, I'm going to have pretty high grades on both of those guys. I think both of them would be worthy top 15 overall picks. So I think they would be on the board for the Raiders, no question about it. And then the other one is, of course, Jerzon Newton, interior right. defensive line. Now they just drafted Tyree Wilson last year. You know, Malcolm Coons has been playing well. So do they feel like their defensive line's all right? Of course, you got to change things around. Like you got to get better on the interior. But do they do that here at number 13? I think I'm going to go corner. I think I'm going to have DeGene. Mm, man, both these guys are so good. I'm going to go DeGene. I'll go Cooper DeGene here for the, for the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I just think he's a... He's just a such a fantastic player. I, his movement skills and his athleticism, his natural athleticism, six foot one, two hundred seven pounds. You know, people talk about him being a safety. Like, look, if you want to play him as safety, he'll be a good safety. You don't have to. There's to me, there's nothing really on his tape that I saw that is like, yeah, yeah. You know, he's the footwork is slow. He doesn't anticipate well enough. He can't recover well enough. We got to put him at safety. I think he could be a starting outside cornerback if you want him to be at the NFL level. I think he could be a CB1 type of player. With how smart he is, he is the best run-defending cornerback in this draft, no question about it. How strong he is at the catch point, I think he's fantastic. So he's going to be in the CB1 conversation, there's no doubt. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go with him for the Raiders 13. Okay, so that brings us to the Saints, who are a really interesting one. I always struggle with the Saints in these mock drafts. A lot of it is because, well, I mean, they're just kind of this the reason they're at 14. They're just a classic middle of the pack team, right? It's did, not that they're talentless. Did, ahead, you see, did you see the Jameis stuff? Oh, of course. Bro, how wild is that? Team decision. Yeah, te- team decision to flip the bird to your head coach sitting on the sideline last game it's, of the season. It's not. And he definitely meant it to get Allen off the hook, and it came off the oh, other it way. Ca- oh, it came off horribly. Like, he kept trying to, like, say it's not coach's fault. Right. He tried, but it's like, he dude, t- you don't realize that you're you, you're. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, ex- exactly. He Jameis is not J- – Jameis does not realize that he's telling people – yeah, our coach told us to take a knee, but we basically told him we to said F fuck off. that. <laughs> we told also him he, the explanation we told him was he can kick rocks. The explanation was historic. Which which one from Jameis? That like the interception got down to the one anyway, and nobody would have cared. If- Look, that part about it, I don't care. You know, like I, I the, same. The, I think it's. You know, I think the entire thing is funny. Running up the score, and in fact, when I saw the fact that they had kind of like scored at the end, and what actually, I didn't even see the play. I saw Arthur Smith's reaction first, and yes, I was like, "Me too." I was like, "Dude, what are you bitching about?" If you don't like the fact that somebody's scoring against you, stop them. Like it's as simple as that. And I remember, I, like, I tweeted that out, and then I saw the play, and I was like, "Oh, you were in victory formation. That's yikes." That's it was actually, it was so di- it was so diabolical. I'm like, That's now listen, actually tough. Anything That's that tough. gets us closer to the NFL being like NFL blitz, I am all for. <laughs> so I applaud this completely. I want coaches fighting. I want, I want, you know, no sportsmanship. <laughs> None? Zero? A little. <laughs> but like, it was funny. It was, and those teams hate each other. Right. Like, that that's, was, and oh, look, that was the part that I was like, I don't have a problem with this. Score on your rival. Who gives a shit? But then when you go and see it, how it was done, you're like, ooh. <laughs> right. But then that was the thing is I went back and I saw exactly how it happened. I was like, because look, they do have a point outside of the hey, you know, just running up the score element of it. When the other team is in victory formation, the defense isn't really lined up. They're not really protecting themselves. They're not really expected to get like hit or blasted off the line. So you do have a little bit higher of a chance of getting somebody injured by doing that. And that part is where I agree with Dennis Allen and, and the people who weren't right. fans of it. It's like, all right, you're, you're lining up in victory formation and then you're doing something where you're putting the other team like at risk a little bit with, with health and safety. So I understand that, but anyways, wild scenario had to bring it up on the podcast just because Jameis had to give us, a wild Jameis moment before the season ended because we really didn't have one yet. And, uh, and, and, and we got one in just in the nick of time. So anyways, 14. so the saints at 14, some questions on the O line, some, you know, they're kind of in a weird place up front on the defensive line. They have a lot of bright spots and then they have, you could argue to add to that. I could take Nate Wiggins here, honestly, just cause he's that good at corner for them. 
Mm-hmm. But and then, of course, there's Brock Bowers sitting there who is just such a unique tight end. I honestly think ultimately what's this is this is the sickest thing I've ever said out loud on this podcast. What is Taysom Hill's contract? <laughs> Oh, I should retire. He's after making that. first round top 15 decisions based on Taysom Hill, folks. I'm horrified of myself. <laughs> and it's even worse when you when you bring it up. $16 million cap hit in 2024. Beautiful. 34-year-old tight end. Dude, Jared Verse sitting right there for you. Yeah, that's I mean, that's the favorite by far. It's gonna be verse. I just it's so annoying to not take Brock Bowers in the top 14 picks here. Well, you're not going to have to. If it makes you feel better, you're not going to have to wait long. Okay, good. Okay. So Jared versus the Saints, I think this brings another heavy-handed player for their front. Obviously, they like this kind of player. It, it not only increases their depth of their pass rush, but he's a guy that can come in and he could power his way to eight sacks right away. Like, I really, really... Like, this is... Almost a little bit of a value here. Verse will be ranked for me right around 12 to 15. He's, so he's not going to be overwhelmed at the end. No, he's he has a lot of pro ready traits and he will be a good athlete at the combine that this is kind of the Saints capitalizing off of the quarterback obsession in front of them that they couldn't get in on. Yep. Yep. Uh, verse 14. And I hinted at it. I think the Colts could go a variety of different options here. I, I typically go corner for them because I like that. Um, I like the addition of a, of a stud corner. They had played a lot of young guys. Got Julius Prince. They got Jalen Jones. But still, like that stud CB1, I think they're missing. Nate yeah. Wiggins is here. I think he could certainly fill that need. But Brock Bowers, I think, really helps them out. Rounds out their receiving options. They're receiving weapons. You know, He's immediately tight end one in that room. You can play him on all three downs. Him is kind of that security blanket, if you will, for for Anthony Richardson and getting him in a Shane Steichen offense. I love the idea of that. So I often go corner here for the Colts, but we're doing a little, things a little bit differently here in this mock draft. So uh, I'm actually going to go Brock Bowers here love at 15 it. for the Colts. I love it. Okay, the Seahawks at 16. They need interior offensive line help. I think I've done this before, but damn right, I'll do it again. Okay. I think I'm going to take Troy Fontenot here. Ooh, it's 16. I know. It seems a little aggressive, but we know under Pete how much they emphasize running the football. Obviously, local product. Yeah. I think he could be legit, like all pro caliber guard. I, I really be do. a phenomenal guard. This is very reminiscent of another Pac-12 lineman coming out a few years ago that went right here in Elijah Vera Tucker. That it's like he's just so and Skaronsky last year. They're just such good players. And it's it makes the team that unit so much stronger with the flexibility. If one of their tackles got hurt, that he could play tackle. So it's it. I'm going to take fat now here. OK. All right. We're going found now to the uh, to the Seahawks at 16. Jags on the clock at 17. I'm just going to say it. Most disappointing team in the NFL this season. I'm them are the Chargers, right? Or the Saints. Saints basically had the world in front of them, easiest schedule in the That's NFL, division on still ladder, and they just you know yeah. what it is though, Trev? Yeah. Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Derek Carr. Yeah, sure. Like your sure. disappointment meter is so different with the other two uh, teams that have the other two compared to that. Yeah. 
But I, I agree, like factoring in schedule. It's, those, yeah. those are the three, though. If you're talking about most disappointing teams in the NFL this season, those are the three. However you want to order them, you can. Um, especially after the Jags start. I mean, what were they like seven and three, eight and three, something Dude, like they that? They were in play for the one seed when they, they had were, eight wins. And they did not even make the playoffs. That's just true. I get it. Like wild. Lawrence is hurt, but like the team's just we we talked about this about a month ago here on the show. And I said they're way too high variance right now. I have if we're talking about, oh, what are teams that can make a deep run, all that kind of stuff. One, I didn't think I didn't even think the Jags wouldn't make the playoffs. But Two, they were not going to be a team that I was going to pick to really make some noise in the playoffs because they are just so Jekyll and Hyde. And they were high to the point where now they're picking at number 17. I think they have to get better at the offensive line. I think this picks J.C. Latham. He gives you tackle guard flexibility. If you need him most on the interior, you can start him there. He started at right guard for Alabama when he was getting on the field early. Obviously, he started at right tackle over the last two years, and he's done so well. Um he is what six foot six, three hundred sixty pounds. So yeah. like he's not the size to play at the NFL level, and he's a smooth mover for a player his size. Hey, he's not a perfect prospect. You know, we we highlighted that in the offensive tackle episode. But Jags just need a really talented player up front, whether it's a guard or a tackle, and and he fits that bill. So uh, I'll go Latham here at seventeen for Jacksonville. This makes my next pick so easy at eighteen for the Bengals. It's Johnny Newton. The Bengals defense lost themselves a bit this year. They had a reputation of being tough and a very Spartan-like unit. And what I mean by that is you'd look at the Bengals and you'd be like, they don't have a, a superstar that's you know on a commercial and all these things. But as a unit, they were so well coached within their scheme. They all were had a lot of underrated players to begin with. And it feels like between injuries and just steps back this year, this unit lost a lot of that, that grittiness, that we're going to make you uncomfortable. We're going to make what you do well very hard. And that starts with stopping the run up front. And Johnny Newton is a guy that not only helps with that, but gives you an interior pass rush to pair with your edge rush. Yeah. I think this is a, this is a, this is a, this is a good pairing for them. I like this fit a lot. I'm growing stronger as the show goes on, by the way. That's yeah. Look, mock drafts do that. I, I don't have an explanation for it. The first three times I talked back to you, I was like, how am I going to be able to speak? And now, <laughs> now, now he's warm. Now. <laughs> Just All right. Tone, tone it down. All right. Calm down. <laughs> now you got, now you went too far. Now the mic's peaking. Uh, All right. Green Bay at number 19. Now we're in the playoff teams. Playoffs. Green Bay sitting here at number 19. Hell of a year from Jordan Love. Got to say that. Really was. I mean, we talked about like, oh, he's the greatest quarterback in the world. Oh, he stinks. Like, it was a roller coaster. Is Matt LaFleur going to get fired? You know, is there any receiver on this team worth a damn? And here they are making the playoffs, playing some really good ball. And it was, you know what? When you look back on it, this really was. We should have just trusted what it was. Is a young offense, is a uh, first-time, full-time quarterback, Really young receivers, really young tight ends, makeshift the offensive line missing yep. their best piece. Like if you if you lay it all out like that, it makes total sense to just look at what Green Bay did and appreciate what they did. Uh, but because the NFL is an instant reaction kind of league, we went back and forth as the season went on. Needs here at nineteen. Cooper DeGene's the fun pick for them, but I think Green Bay Packers fans are like, "Oh, he could play corner, he could play safety." Sometimes. I, I do feel as though, but when people draft Cooper's DeGene, they think that they're cloning him, 
Like they go, oh, we could play safety or corner for us. And so you just like check the box on both of those needs. It's like, no, no, he he only plays one. Like you can't, you don't actually fill both needs with this player. Um, not saying that that's Packers fans. I've just seen some people be like, oh, he can, you know, he works for both. And it's like, yeah, he works for both, but he only plays one. So you got to calm down here. <sighs> Nate Wiggins and Jair Alexander in the same secondary would be sick. I don't really know where else I'd go for them. Newton's off the board. I, I'm not picking a safety this high. Amarius, tackle, Amarius Mims is what I'm thinking. I mean, tackle maybe. Yeah. But I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not pushing back against I you. I think they're all right at tackle. Am I, unless I'm crazy. It was hot and cold for some of the guys that had to fill in. I feel like they got it. I don't know. I'm I'm not leaning tackle at this point. This is your pick. Yeah, you're damn right it is. All right, I'm picking Nate damn Wiggins. Right. I like Nate Wiggins a lot. I think he's a CB1. Tell level, me and everyone level, else to piss off. Level player. Yeah, verbatim. Um, and again, him and Jair Alexander in the same secondary would uh they'd be the Bash brothers. You know, like they have Mighty that Ducks. Dog in them. Maybe Mighty Ducks D2, you know, they'd be they'd be uh listening to rock music, uh sleeping in bunk beds. You know, putting bandanas on before yep. the game. Yeah, you know, that's that. That's what those dudes are doing. So I'm gonna go Nate Wiggins here at number 19 for Green Bay. Bucks at 20. My pick. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, I really want your help here. Okay, so <laughs> no, but really, but really, I'm scared. I, actually, you know what? I really like in this spot. There's two things I like. No, there's three things I like. Okay, I like Amarius Mims. Can never go wrong with a tackle. Okay. Him and Werfs, dynamite. Okay. I like Leatu Latu. Okay. Because they need to get a little younger on the edge. Mm-hmm. And then here's the sleeper cell. The like, what? I like Brian Thomas Jr. a lot. Okay. I think he's special. Okay. So now would they be fine at wide receiver next year? Yeah. They'll be fine. Like, it's not, you don't have to take it. This is just me liking the player. Mm-hmm. Where's your brain at? So, Mims, obviously, very talented of an offensive tackle. You know, to get him on one side and Tristan Wirfs on the other, that is some freaky athleticism. Yeah. However, um, Luke Gedicke played really well right tackle this year. That's good to hear. He did. He played really well right tackle. I don't think they're going to be in the tackle market at all whatsoever. That's, I think th- that's a big step for him. A guy I, that I, people didn't even think would be a tackle. Right, right. And because he started on the interior and right, he was as, not great. And they put him at right tackle and everybody was like, oh, great. You're taking the guy who was not good at guard and you're putting him at tackle. And I'm just telling you because I'm telling everybody else out there, I don't think they're going to be on the tackle market at all because he has played well enough to warrant that. Latu, I think, is absolutely in play. I think yeah. they love Yaya Diaby from last year's draft. I think that they believe that they have a difference-making type of an edge player with him. But Shaq Barrett is getting older, um, less explosive, especially coming off that Achilles injury. Joe Tryon Shoyinka is coming into the last year of his rookie contract, I think, is next year. And he just has he has not blossomed into the player that you need yeah. him to be. Marquise Watts is a nice depth player, but you're you're certainly not letting just Marquise Watts and Yaya Diaby keep you from taking the most prolific pass rusher in the country over the last two years. I mean, like, look at these grades, folks. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Look at all this blue. It's insane. 
you see it on the field right or you see it on the screen right now if you're audio only i'll tell you pass rush grades per per game this isn't in order but i'm just highlighting he had a 93.8 and 95.6 and 91.5 and 94.2 and 93.7 and a 91.8 all this year those are elite pass rush grades separate games the man's insane 24.6 percent uh pass rush win rate now He's not the most explosive athlete, so that's probably why he might be, eh, you know, probably going to be picked between the 10s and the 20s more than in the top 10, like his production might warrant. Brian Thomas Jr., I think that that's an interesting wild card at wide receiver. It's fun to think about. I don't think they do it because I think they like Trey Palmer. I think they're going to bring Mike Evans back, and I think they're going to build around Chris Godwin, so I think they have those three guys there. Ultimately, if you were phoning a friend who wants to be millionaire millionaire style, I would tell you that this is either Latu, Taron Arnold, or Kool-Aid McKinstry. They, yeah, gonna, yeah. they signed they signed Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis to multi-year extensions recently, but neither of them played well this year. And that's I mean, they have no outside corner depth outside of those guys, anyways. So even with them, you might rather draft a player who you think could play above them and probably Jamel Dean. Like if you had McKinstry on one side and Carlton Davis on the other, like that's pretty ideal. So that's, I would steer you in that direction of one of those three guys. If there's something I trust Todd Bowles to be able to do in the draft, it's to find corner talent in the middle rounds. So knowing that. To where they got Davis and Dean. Right. Knowing that. Antoine Winfield Jr., the best safety in the NFL. Don't forget it. I don't. Oh, I won't. Safety on that year. I have to take Latu here. Okay. Because I just don't Good think gonna, I don't think you get a lot to. Good pick. I don't Good. think you get a lot to somewhere else in this draft. No, I agree. I agree with you. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, twenty-one. Who we have them take at the top? Oh, Joe Alt. Oh. Oh, this this played into your hands, like Brian Thomas Jr. Right, right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be right. Yeah, Joe Alt. You get the offensive lineman. You get the playmaker. Woo-hoo! Beautiful. I, I like I like secondary, but I think the secondary is pretty deep. So, yeah, I'll go Brian Thomas Jr. here for the Arizona Cardinals at 21. All right, the Rams at 22. This kind of feels like a, a BPA approach for their defense, I would think. A defense that's struggled. Yeah, because... Man, who who are like the staple players on their defense still outside of Don- outside of Donald? Kobe yeah. Turner had a great rookie. Yeah, year. your boy. Every single time I see Kobe Turner, I'm like, damn, Connor knew. Connor knew, yeah, folks. The, the NFL didn't, which is one of the strangest non-combines I can ever remember. Yeah, very strange. It's just very odd. Good for him. And good for the Rams. Rams drafted really well last year. Yep. Let's keep that going. Oh man, actually, this is tricky. As I'm sitting here saying, take BPA on defense. Is there a world where you bring in? No, probably not. I was thinking Mims to play left tackle. I just, I like that pick for them. Right? Because well. obviously, Terry on Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry are very intriguing here for this secondary. I'll have them graded higher than I will have Mims graded. Right. So if you did want to go BPA... I would lean one of those two guys, but I think their offensive line has been much better this year, but I picturing Mims's athleticism in McVay's run game is just chef's kiss. All right. I'm going to go with Mims. Okay. We're going to Mary's Mims for the Los Angeles Rams at 
number 22. Before we get to 23, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more, you pick less. It is that easy. Instead of batting, battling against thousands of players, including pros and sharks, you pick more, you pick less on two to six players, stat projections, and you just watch the winnings roll in. We got a spicy one for, for wildcard weekend. Okay, Eli got in the lab, got in the kitchen, if you will. Cook this bad boy up. He's got five more selections that if this hits, folks... You owe him some of it. Jared Goff, more than 264 and a half passing yards. Puka Nakua, more than 78 and a half receiving yards. Travis Kelsey, more than six and a half receiving yards. Ooh, that one would be tough. Oh, the cold though. Oh, maybe they'll rely on Travis Kelsey for that one. Jake Elliott, more than one and a half field goals made. And CJ Stroud, more than 256.5 passing yards in his playoff debut. If that hits, folks. It's going to be a beautiful thing. You can also play along, alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill, comedian Andrew Schultz, a bunch of other famous people. You can now find in these uh, in the community plays uh, under the promos tab, top of the app to view the entries. Some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week, so you can play with them as well. Go to PrizePicks.com backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC for your first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That is PrizePicks.com backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC for your first deposit match up to $100. You pick more, you pick less, folks. It's that easy. This one's pretty easy. Well, or is it? For the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can go offensive line here, but it's not really an offensive lineman that I would pick over the guys that are available. We got three stud Alabama players here that are still left on the board. It's not often that that happens. I do think I'm picking one of them here. It's going to be Terry Arnold or Kool-Aid McKinstry for Pittsburgh. They need secondary help. They need to get younger in the secondary. They picked Joey Porter Jr. at the top of the second round last year, but they need to continue to invest in the position. If I straight stay true to my board, Terry on Arnold, a little bit ahead of Kool-Aid McKinstry. Just think he's the better athlete. Certainly McKinstry has the higher floor, plays the position like such a pro so well, but man, Arnold is just such a fantastic athlete. I'll go Arnold here. Stay yeah. true to the board, and I'm going to go Terry on Arnold here at number 23 for the Steelers. Corner's a big need for them. And they're, even by making the playoffs, they're in fine position to still get a good one in this draft. The Dolphins at 24. Man, I, this playbook happens every time we get here with the Dolphins, but it's because you could see a little bit why. Although I'll say this, they're a weird one, right, Trevor? They We talk offensive line about them all the time. That's what I was hinting at. Mm-hmm. And for obvious reasons. And mm-hmm. it's the foundation of their team. Mike McDaniel is one of the best run game engineers football has seen in the last 10 years. It wasn't just with Miami. But do they look at the edge class now that? Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, they, they are out to. of edge players. They yeah. literally, it's a shame. Jalen Phillips got hurt against the Jets. And he, I we'll see if he's ready to start next year. But that that injury for edge players, I've seen it a lot. So Bradley Chubb, what, what takes a while, and then Bradley Chubb just got hurt. So Bradley yeah. Chubb is almost—it'd be freakish if those guys are both ready to go out of the gate full throttle next year. And then Van Ginkle got hurt against the Bills. It kind of puts me in a spot where I'm like, yeah, they need offensive line, but they also need edge pass rush. I think Braswell is going to be their kind of guy because I think he's going to test incredibly well. So mm, interesting. Good power arsenal. 
in this game. I like Trice too. Okay, sure. But and then there's also like you just take Jordan Morgan and get a good offensive lineman for your team. It's tricky. I think they. Uh, I don't know. I guess I, it's it's O line or D line. There's no question. I'm gonna take Jordan Morgan because I like the player, and I okay. think his athleticism in the run game fits what they want to do. But I wanted to open the conversation. Well, let's not rule out pass rusher here. Yeah, I'd probably go Chris Braswell, but yeah, not my pick. Nothing I can do about it. Held against my will. I feel I can tell Eagles you to piss off at number twenty-five. Yeah, there it is. Um, uh, sprinting, Kool-Aid McKinstry into the oh, Jesus. to the podium. Sprinting. Can can he play in the playoffs? <laughs> they, they seriously uh, no because they're playing the Bucks. But if they make it past the Bucks, then yeah, sure, then he's he eligible. Play. Okay, yeah, then he can play. Look, uh, McKinstry just. As steady as they come, man. He, he's just so smart for the position, understands it so well, so experienced in press coverage, and that's something that Philadelphia loves to do in their defense. They love to get aggressive. They love to put their corners in press in those one-on-one situations, and he is cool, calm, and collected in all of it. You know, I think that he – I'm very interested to see how he tested the combine because I think he's an adequate athlete. I wonder how athletic he really is compared to some of the other guys in this class. I think that might be what ends up pushing him down the board a little bit because it's it's not the tape, man. I think that he plays very, very well and controlled. He knows the position really well. High football IQ, but it it takes an athlete to be a good corner at the NFL level. So I just I wonder how he tests. So regardless, pick at 25, totally worth the value. No question about it. So McKinstry at 25, the Eagles. All right. So McKinstry goes to the Eagles. The Chiefs at 26 is Troy Franklin. And your boy. It couldn't have been easier. Here's the good news, Chiefs fans. He's really fast. He can win deep, and he catches the ball when it's thrown to him. Ah. So I think you'll really like Troy Franklin. Wow. Who, with Mahomes, I legitimately think would be a 1,200-yard guy. I really yeah, think that. Like him, him and Rasheed Rice, looking good. Yeah. Looking good. Yep, I agree. I really like the combo a lot. Texans, man, what a team out here. They might Trev. They might win executive of the year, coach of the year, and rookie of the year, and defensive rookie of the year. They got. I mean, we got wide receivers in need for them, but Nico Collins playing his nuts off. Tank Dell when he's healthy showed he was great. No Brown had moments. No Browns had moments. Defensive line, sure, but John Grenard's playing well. Will Anderson's been amazing. I think Will Will Anderson's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. Same. Yep. Tight end position, like okay, but no Bowers on the board. You're not picking a tight end at this point. I wonder if O line investment, even for the fact that they are playing better than we thought they were going to, is actually the right move here. Like I look at Graham Barton to play one of those interior spots, play center, play guard. Kenyon Mitchell could play, or, um, Kenny Green could play one of the other spots. Hopefully, you got Laramie Tunsil, you got Titus Howard. I think I'm going to go Barton here. Cool. Yeah. Versatile offensive lineman. Just build the depth in front of CJ Shroud. The lines are up at 28. Mm-hmm. Trevor kind of picked through the corners here and Terran Arnold and Kool-Aid McKinstry and Nate Wiggins. This is a team that I think could use a corner. Mm-hmm. The question is, who do you take in this spot? Now, 
Have you watched Rake's Raw yet? Yes, and I was really impressed. Good football player. I was really, really impressed. Good he was, football he was on my he was the last player I watched for my big board on NBC a couple weeks ago. So it would probably be Rake Straw mm-hmm. with a nod that I also like the fit of TJ Tampa. Those are the two guys in this spot. But I'll go with Rake Straw. And a lot of people have asked me why I like him uh better than his teammate. Chris oh, Chris Abram. Dream? Yes. Yeah. And I just like his size. Like I, oh, I think I, I like the physicality, the length. I, I think he's I think he's more controlled. I think he's yeah. a little bit more explosive. I think he's a better athlete overall. I think he's uh, I think he's got a great I IQ thought his tape was position. better. Yes. Which is yeah. like which is a high compliment because they're both probably they're both easily top hundred players. A- a- Abrams Drain uh, was somebody who was incredibly productive this year. And yeah, he, he led the season. country in interceptions. So you know, with Abrams, we're sorry with with Ray Stroud Jr. The only real question I have about him is like his recovery speed because they play him in off coverage a lot. Yeah, a lot. So you, yeah. You don't really. It's not really exposed very much. But there were a couple of times when I was watching him where I went, mm, okay, the recovery speed's not great there. But if you're putting him in situations where he can manipulate spacing, he's so smart to do it. He keeps his eyes on the quarterback. He bait yep. throws. I just think he's a really good football player. Love the footwork from him. So he, you might not be able to play him in that press man coverage if you wanted to. And to be seen whether or not the Lions are going to do that moving forward. But I like him as a player. So if you're taking yeah. him at 28. I'm yeah, I took him to the Lions. Okay. Bills 29. It's kind of a fun spot for you. Do they need Braswell the most? Well, the Von Miller has just been. He's n- He's not absent. Good. Yeah. I mean, they got. There's names. I guess I haven't checked on these names. They have like Rousseau, Leonard Floyd. I don't know exactly how well they're doing. Floyd was one of the best one year signings of the year, in my opinion. OK, OK. But then they'll yeah. have to pay to. Oh, yeah. No, he yeah, he could easily go get paid again somewhere else. I think I might go Braswell. It's either him or wide receiver. Doing research on the fly. Damn, we got Greg Rousseau graded really high. Another guy that's had a great year. All right, well, Bills fans, I'm not going to pick Braswell, but if I should have, let me know in the comments. I am going to give them a receiver. I I know we were low on him, but the the chaotic nature of this offense with Josh Allen, I'm at least intrigued by the by the idea of Keon Coleman here. Sure, yeah, right, right. I like well. I am as well. It's yeah, it's it's just interesting. Yeah, but I'll never. Devontae Walker is is who. Oh, I'm, is, I forgot is, he's is still I'm, here. Is who I'm picking, my dude. Yeah, we're going Tez Walker, which I think fits perfectly because they're looking for a player who could truly stretch the field. Yes, and yeah, Tez Walker has been nuts over the last two years when it has come to getting off press, getting deep, winning those vertical routes. I think he's, I think he's fantastic at that. So uh, in this offense where he gets to be that wide receiver too, um, and just really have that vertical mindset, I think he'd be fantastic for this offense. So yeah, we're going, uh, we're going Walker there at 29. Cowboys are on the clock. A lot of different ways they can go. I think I, I want to get a corner because Gilmore is not getting any younger. They do I'm get gonna Diggs take, back, though. You do get Diggs back. So it's Diggs and um, Deron Bland. Right, you have Bland. Who's, the interceptions are great. He's also been 
chewed up at times. I think he's kind of like what Diggs was right. when he had the crazy interception year, but I still think I still think Bland's pretty. You tough. know what though, too? I'm not gonna rule out. I don't think it's nuts to say they like what is Brandon Cook's situation there? Hmm. He has one more year left on his deal, I would think. Yes. Does he? Okay. Maybe he actually is. Quick. Yeah, and then it's void money. This offense is so CD Lamb over here. That was that was a good reference. <laughs> that was a really good reference. I'm your Huckleberry. Oh, my, maybe my favorite, not my favorite movie, but it's in my top five for sure. I could also talk myself into a wide receiver here, but they also need to get younger on the offensive line. O lines where I typically look for them. Yeah. They do need to get younger on the offensive line. We kind of ravaged the O-line. We, we really did. The only guy that I would think about reaching on here is Tyler Guyton because he's got so much potential. Yeah, I actually like that a lot. I think that's where I'm going to land. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tyler Guyton. He's got incredibly light feet. He's a good athlete. I think he's going to be able to play out on an island eventually if you could be patient with him. And this is a franchise that I think can develop offensive linemen. So I'll, I'll take Guyton in a similar mold of the Jags taking Anton Harrison last year mm-hmm. and being like, we don't care. It's the end of the first round. Like we we love this guy's talent at a key position. Mm-hmm. Look, I said in the offensive tackle episode, he's athletic enough to play tight end. It's crazy. I mean, this is in, in a in a draft full of great athletes at offensive tackle he is without question the best which is really saying something it's not like it's one of those ones where if he stinks in three years it's like i don't even like it's just worth the swing at some point because he is just if you get him refined not even mad about it you're gonna be like oh wow like we found another christian derisaw right like it's you know derisaw got improved throughout college so you felt fine about him coming out but guyton you just see it with Guyton's movement, a mirroring ability. Did uh okay, I see Kamari Lasser on this list. I actually have not. Did he declare? I didn't oh, even uh, keeping up the keeping up this time of year. This is like a yes, he did declare. Okay. Him him and Javon Bowler declare for the draft. All okay. Right. I like Laster here for the Niners then. They need a line. corner. Uh him or Quinion Mitchell. Right. Like there's not really an O lineman that I would take like a depth O lineman for them. So, uh, yeah, I got look. I got I got last year up a little bit higher. Uh, curious to see how he tests, but really physical that's corner, Kenny Ron. corner. Yeah, that's basically it because I think he's got the mentality to be a first round type of corner. Very I think he played a lot of really tough matchups like against Xavier Leggett. He gave him all he could handle, which not a lot of people are able to do given how strong he is. So, um, yeah, we'll go with we'll go. With, I think we're gonna go with Kamari last year here. Oh, yeah, ended the season pretty well. Yeah, decently strong. I like this. I'm cool with it. We're going uh, Kamari last year for the 49ers 31. All right, I'm going to close this thing out with a fun one. And I'm going to take Chop Robinson to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. All right. If anybody knows how to get the most out of an athlete in their front seven. Yep. It's the Baltimore Ravens. It is. It is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So you're going to have Chopper Robinson going to the Ravens at 32 real quick. Panthers yeah. 33. Of course. Receiver. Uh, well, I mean, certainly like if, if you lose Brian Burns, you're they're basically screwed. 
entirely. So I mean, we pull the franchise. If I mean, if they if they lose Brian Burns, which there's there's no way they can. No, they, I mean, they they would have to franchise tag him at the very least. But if Brian Burns somehow got out of the building and signed elsewhere for a different team, uh, who else rushes the passer for them outside of Derek Brown? It might be me or you. Like, yeah, right. It's me or you. Pass rush win rate zero point zero 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 eight percent. Eight. There it is. Yeah, he's getting a yeah. Rare the, ta- win. the tackle fell off the snap. Rare, I, I rare win. Um. Yeah, I think it's probably like Emeka Gbuka or I, Lad I lean right. I just, I just love Lad on this team. I, like, I do just, too, and people hate when we do it, but why? Put him in the dude. He, Lad McConkey, easy. He would eat easy. Hundred twenty targets next year. He would eat with Bryce. So I'm cool with that. And Was then, there any way, by the way, yes, to cap off Bryce's rookie season from hell? Then a fumble at the pylon. I thought you were. I thought you were going to say getting shut out. Like he makes a he row. makes a nice play out of structure, and I believe it was DJ Chark just fumbles it. Oh no! Into the end hold zone. on. Oh well. Wait 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 wait. DJ Chark didn't just fumble it into the end zone. Antoine Winfield Jr. came out like a bat out of hell and punched it out right before the goal line for the second time this year. Not a pro bowler, though. touchdown and forcing a touchback turnover to the other team. Antoine Winfield Jr. has done that twice, and he has had a forced fumble strip sack that has turned into a safety. Antoine Winfield Jr. himself has had a 16-point swing as a safety. Who else is doing that? Not Buda Baker. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I like Buda Baker a lot. So I'm really sorry that he caught a stray there, but Antoine Winfield Jr. disrespect was too real this year. So um, Cleveland Browns to end this thing out. Wide receiver, you know, A.D. Mitchell maybe at that point. Kind of like that idea. Xavier Leggett probably in that. We're talking like mid-second round here because they they have a mid-second round pick, but that's probably where I would go. I'd probably go wide receiver with both the teams they were picking in the second round. There we go. Full first round mock draft with a solidified non-playoff order in the books. Recap it for the audio-only people. Caleb Williams going number one to the Chicago Bears. Drake May going number two to the Washington Commanders. Marvin Harrison Jr. number three to the Patriots. Joe Alt number four to the Cardinals. Malik Neighbors five to the Chargers. Jaden Daniels six to the Giants. Olu Fashano, the Titans at seven. Dallas Turner to the Falcons eight. Also getting Justin Fields. You thank Connor for that one. Roma Dunze to the Bears at number nine to give him a nice little uh, haul of Caleb Williams and Roma Dunze. Plus an extra day three pick, whatever they're getting for uh, for Justin Fields too. Talise Fuaga to the Jets at 10. Bo Nix to the Vikings at 11. Michael Penix Jr. to the Broncos at 12. Cooper Jean to the Raiders at 13. Verse, Jared Verse to the Saints at 14. Brock Bowers to the Colts at 15. Troy Fountainow to the Seahawks at 16. J.C. Latham to the Jags at 17. Jerzon Newton to the Bengals at 18. Uh, Nate Wiggins to the Packers at 19. Laatu Laatu to the Bucks at 20. Brian Thomas Jr. to the Cardinals at 21, giving them a haul of Joe Alt and Brian Thomas Jr. Amarius Mims to the Rams at 22. Terran Arnold to the Steelers at 23. Jordan Morgan to the Dolphins at 24. Kool-Aid McKinstry to the Eagles at 25. Troy Franklin to the Chiefs at 26. Graham Barton to the Houston Texans at 27. And Ennis Rakestraw Jr. to the Lions at 28. Devontae Smith or Devontae Walker, sorry, to the uh, Buffalo Bills at 29, Tyler Guyton to the Cowboys at 30, Kamari Laster to the Niners at 31, Chop Robinson to the Ravens at 32. Uh, who did we say is going 33? Lad McConkey, 120, 120 targets minimum. Him, I think Emeka was still out there. 
now yeah. we're going Lad McConkey. Okay. And then AD, I'm just saying AD Mitchell to the to the to the Browns in the middle of the second round. Right. Like, we would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you thought of this first mock draft with a solidified non-playoff order. Let us know what you thought of the picks for your favorite team or any other opinion that you heard as you were listening throughout the show. Best way to do that, youtube.com backslash NFL Stock Exchange pod. Or uh, actually, it's just NFL Stock Exchange, no podcast. Uh, muscle memory there. If you're audio only, you can hit us up on X and Instagram at Tampa Bay Trey at Connor J. Rogers. Wanted to give a quick shout out to all the new listeners of the show. We had a record-breaking number of subscribers to the show over the last seven days and we love you guys so much we 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 figured okay in draft season we'll get a little bit of a bump here but that was awesome to see we love to see that you guys are enjoying the content that the content is getting uh higher views higher retention rate and as always on this show for anybody who is new this is a draft community this is not just connor and i talking to you guys about the nfl draft we always love to see a full comment section, opinions going back and forth, discussions, all that great stuff. And then when it comes to the content that you want to see here on the channel, that's up to you guys as well. You can feel free to leave your comments, hit us up on social media, let us know some ideas from the show. Some of you have done that over the last couple of weeks, and we've been writing them down, and we would love to get to them. Connor, I guess is a you know tradition here on the show to plan the show on the show. <sighs> we fixing a franchise on Thursday? I think it's time. I, it might be... Might be time to talk about the Bears. I think it's time to talk about the Chicago Bears. I think we are fixing the Chicago Bears on Thursday. We're we're switching it up because now that the NFL regular season is done and there's no more Thursday night football, we're thinking of doing Monday and Thursday releases if it works for the schedule and if you guys obviously are cool with that as well. So I think we're going to play around with that over the next couple of weeks. Um, and yeah, fix the Bears on Thursday. I'm excited for it. Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, this was a lot of fun. Obviously, we were due for a mock draft. It's always good to hear back from you guys in the comments what you liked about your team, what you'd switch. Um, every, honestly, just about everything. And it's it's good to have a top ten solidified. It just it makes you know it gets us a little bit closer to we'll mess around with some trades eventually. I know that. See, now we're at the point where the creativity actually gets to flow. We're going to start doing some team mocks on this channel. And with that are going to come like different trade scenarios, all that kind of stuff. But now that the order is becoming solidified, now we can do all that fun extracurricular stuff. So as the playoffs go on, as more teams get eliminated, as the, the NFL draft order continues to um, get solidified as weeks go on. We, of course, will be here to cover it all. I'm Trevor Sikama. That is Connor Rogers. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. We will see you on Thursday.